Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. So, the reading is from Philippians chapter 3, 10 to 14. All I want is to know Christ and to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings and become like him in his death, in the hope that I myself will be raised from death to life. I do not claim that I have already succeeded or have already become perfect. I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has already won me to himself. Of course, my brothers, I really do not think that I have already won it. The one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. So I run straight towards the goal in order to win the prize which is God's call through Christ Jesus to the life above. Neil Hudson, uh, the, uh, a guy who works for the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, tells a humorous story about trying to apply to go to, uh, to gym, uh, trying to join the gym in January. You know how after New Year, everyone makes their resolution and everyone wants to join the gym? Uh, well, so Victoria tells me at least. Uh, I don't go to the gym, but uh, apparently it gets crowded with people in January. But then by February, it kind of dips back down to its normal level of, of membership. And anyhow, so he's, he's trying to join the gym in January. And, and you know how they won't just tell you how much it costs. They, they will get you to come down and then they will show you around the gym. And so he's, he's been shown around the gym by this really fit gym instructor. Uh, and while the guy's showing him around, he says to Neil, uh, what is your aim, your goal for coming to gym? Uh, and Neil says, well, to be honest, he hadn't even given that question any thought. Uh, but thinking about it, he was thinking, well, I'd really like to look like you. Uh, but he knew that would sound weird. So he just, he just said, well, my goal is to be, to be fit. And, and so the instructor said, well, how often are you planning to come to gym? Again, Neil hadn't given that question like any thought. Uh, and so he said, well, you know, once, maybe twice a week. And the instructor, the instructor said, that won't be sufficient. If you want to get fit, coming to gym once or twice a week will not be sufficient to achieve your goal. At this point, Neil was just thinking to himself, I really don't think you get what's going on here. I kind of just want to give you my money. You know, you may or may not see me at gym. I just want to say I belong to the gym that I'm a paid up member. Both you and I know that if everybody on your books actually came to gym, you wouldn't have enough space for everyone. But these are good questions for all of us. What is your aim? What is your goal for coming to church? And is coming to church once a week going to be sufficient to achieve that goal? 
Today we continue our series through the book of Philippians, uh, which is Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. It's often known as Paul's joy letter because it's all about joy and how we can experience the joy of the Lord. And today we're going to be looking at the question, what is your goal in life? What drives you? What motivates you? And in this passage today, Paul tells us what his goal is, what motivates him, what drives him. So what is his goal? Well, we read in in chapter 3 in verses 12 to 14. Paul says, not that I've already obtained all this. This is referring to his goal. Or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that. The that is the same thing as the this. (laughs) But what is that? We read on. For which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Now the it is the this, which is the that, but what is it? But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. So the this is the that, which is the it, which is the goal, which is the prize. So that's as clear as much. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Paul, in that whole passage, doesn't actually tell us what it is. (laughs) What is his goal? Well, he's just said said what it is in the previous two verses. In verses 10 to 11, he tells us what his goal is. He says, I want... This is what he wants. This is his goal. This is his aim. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation. That's the the fellowship of sharing in, in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Paul's goal, Paul's aim in life is to know Christ. To know Jesus personally and intimately and experientially. Not to just know things about Jesus, but to actually know him. To know him personally. To have that kind of personal relationship that actually leads to transformation. You know, when you, when you know someone so well and so intimately you start becoming one with them? He wants to become one with Jesus. He wants to participate, to to share in Jesus' suffering and become like Jesus in his death. That means he wants to be so much like Jesus, he wants to be selflessly living for other people like Jesus, even to the point of death. And, And it's through this relationship with Jesus, this becoming one with Jesus, that he has a hope of somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. And so Paul's goal is simply to know Jesus fully and to be completely like Jesus. What's your goal in life? Is it to have that dynamic living relationship with God? 
and to become more and more like Jesus each day? I hope so. Because as a Christian, this should always be our number one priority and aim and goal in life. But here's the real question. What will it take to achieve this goal? Paul, in this passage, effectively says what we need is the power of intense focus. Do do you know the power of intense focus? A simple magnifying glass can focus the rays of the sun in such a way that it can start a fire. All the the super intensely focused laser beam which has amazing power. It can burn a hole in a diamond. A laser effectively gathers up light, pushes it together, directs it and focuses it in a single direction and shoots it out at a single point. And the more focused that light is, the more power. And Paul He's saying that we need to have that same intense focus. We need to be like a laser beam. He says in verse 13, but one thing, one thing I do. You see that that focus, that intense focus, one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. He forgets what's behind. He forgets his past failures. He forgets his past success because he's intensely focused on his goal, straining towards what ahead. That implies hard work and effort. In verse 12, he says, I press on to take hold of that. In verse 14, I press on towards the goal. Do you see that drive? Do you see that focus? Now, the Greek word that's translated press on in verse 12 and 14 is translated as persecuting in verse 6. In verse 6, Paul says, as for zeal, persecuting the church. How can the same Greek word be translated as press on in verse 12 and 14 and they get translated as persecuting? In verse 6, well, the Greek word literally means to pursue. It's it's to chase after something with the, the purpose of capturing it. And before Paul became a Christian, he used to pursue, he used to chase after Christians in order to capture them and put them into prison. Now that he has become a Christian... He's got that same intense focus. He's now still pursuing. He's chasing after his goal of knowing Jesus. And, and that takes intense focus. And he's saying we, you need to become like a laser beam. You need to have that single-minded, single purpose, that clear focus of what you're doing. 
it implies you need to gather up everything in your life and focus everything towards a single purpose, a single focus and a single purpose. You see, Christianity is not an add-on. It's not something you just add on. It's not just an addition. You don't just say, well, I'm just going to add on a little bit of church. I'm just going to add on a little bit of Bible reading. Just add on a little bit of praying. It's not something you add on. It's about everything in your life been brought together and focused in for a single purpose, single focus. That's why Paul says, I consider everything a loss. In verse 8, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. This is about everything in your life. This is about changing all your goals and all your priorities for everything you do. It's it's all in or it's nothing. Now you might be thinking, wow, that's tough. That that, that sounds like hard work. That that sounds, that's a lot. I, I don't know if I could sustain that. Sure, I might start off well, but, but then I'm just going to you know, get tired, I'm going to get disillusioned, I'm going to give up just like I do with my gym membership. I can't sustain that. You're sure, this is okay for Paul. He's an apostle. But I, I can't do this. Is that what it's about? No. Here's the good news. A Christian is caused by a laser beam. See, a Christian life is not only about becoming a laser bean, but first, a Christian is caused by a laser bean. Take note of the two take holds in verse 12. Paul says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul presses on and and pursues this and tries to take hold of something only because Jesus has first taken hold of him. Jesus was intensely focused on taking hold of Paul. Do you know what this means? It means Christianity isn't something you take up, like a gym membership. You don't take up following Jesus, it takes you up. You don't just, like, you know, oh, I'm going to add a little, little Jesus to my life. I'm going to add a little church. I'm, I'm going to add a little religion. No. It takes you up. It grabs you. You may have had that kind of conversion experience where you suddenly realize at a point that something has taken hold of you. Something's taken you up. Or perhaps you, you have no idea when or how it happened, but now looking back, you realize something's taken you up. Something's taken hold of you. 
The, the Greek word take hold literally means to take possession of something. It, it, it means to lay hold of so as to make one's own. Jesus came and took hold of you to make you his own. You see, Jesus was all in for you. Jesus was single-mindedly, intensely focused on one aim, one goal, and that was to make you his own. He gave up everything. He considered everything a loss for this one aim of making you his own. He left heaven and came to earth. He became nothing, became like a human. He humbled himself and took on the form of a slave. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross for you. He did it all for you. To take hold of you and make you his own. And when we put our faith in Jesus, we receive this intensely, this intense focus and power. This, this love of Jesus. And when we put our faith in Jesus, Jesus comes and he takes hold of us and he will never let you go. It, 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 even if you make a mistake, even if you blow it, even if you feel like giving up, even if you're going through a dark and difficult season and it feels like God has abandoned you, you need to know this. Jesus has taken hold of you and he will never let you go. And when we receive that love of Jesus, it's like we receive this incredible, this amazing, this enormous energy and power, and it motivates us, and it drives us, and it enthuses, enthuses us, and it enables us to have this single-minded focus of pursuing knowing Jesus. How do you know that, that Jesus has taken hold of your life? Will you suddenly pursue taking hold of Jesus? And Paul says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Forget what is behind. We all made mistakes and, 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 and we've done things wrong. But if we focus on the past, it's going to hold us back and prevent us from moving forward. Equally, if we look back to the good old days, to when things, you know, my spiritual life was so great back then, all oh, the church was so good back then, oh, I love the good old days, if only I could go back to the good old days. If you do that, it's going to prevent you from moving forward. It's going to prevent you from experiencing what God has in store for you now. So Paul says, forget what is behind. Draw a line in the sand, forget about that, and start straining forward towards the goal for what God has in store for you. He continues in verse 14. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. The picture that Paul has here is of an Olympic athlete who is single-mindedly, completely focused and pursuing winning the prize. 
That's their only aim, their only goal, their only focus. And they make all kinds of sacrifices to achieve that goal. They get up early in the morning, they train all day, they change their diet, they don't do the things other people are doing because they need to train. It costs them time, it costs them money. But they're completely committed. They have this single mind focus. They are devoted to winning the prize. And take note, they never focus on, on their sacrifices. Oh, I've got to train so hard. Oh, I can't eat this food. Oh, I can't. They, they don't even think about their sacrifice. That doesn't even feel like a sacrifice to them because they are completely focused on the prize. And everything else pales into insignificance compared to winning that prize. The prize of knowing Jesus. And when we become singly-minded, focused on pursuing, knowing Jesus, it transforms you. It changes you. You can't be the same. I can remember when I first became a Christian, I was just captivated by Jesus. And as a result, it changed all my desires. I no longer wanted to go out and get drunk on a Friday night. I wanted to go to the youth group. I didn't want to go to parties. I wanted to go to church and worship God. I wanted to read my Bible and find out more and more about God. I wanted to listen to worship music. I wanted to pray because I was just captivated by Jesus. And, and it just started changing me. God started transforming me. I wasn't trying to change. I wasn't focusing on working hard to be a good person. I was just focused on Jesus. You see, when you're single-mindedly focused and pursuing Jesus, you don't have to go to church. You want to go to church. You don't have to read your Bible. You want to read your Bible. You don't have to pray. You want to pray. Because you're just so excited about Jesus. And Paul says in, in verse 12, he says, Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, and verse 13, he basically says it again. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Paul is saying, my only aim, my only goal is to know Jesus. But you know what? I haven't, I haven't got there yet. I don't really know Jesus. I've still got a lot to learn. What? This is Paul, the apostle. The guy who physically met Jesus on the road to Damascus, who's written... 13 books of the New Testament. I don't really know Jesus. I'm still, what? <laughs> I'm still learning. I'm just satisfied with my level of knowledge. Do you know what that means? It means knowing Jesus is an unquenchable thirst and a hunger. The more you know of Jesus, the more you want to know of Jesus. You can never satisfy it. Your tummy will get tired of food. It'll be full, but your heart will never get enough of Jesus. Because the more you know about Jesus, the more you want to know. You see, we're not talking about knowing facts. We're talking about knowing him personally and intimately. About actually experiencing his presence. Hearing his voice speaking to you. You can never get enough of that. The more you get, the more you want, the more you need. So what's holding you back? What's preventing you from moving forward? 
Is it that you're just tired? Is it because of some habitual sin? Is it because you feel you've, you've, you've blown it in the past, you've made mistakes? Is it just because you, you're struggling to get excited about God and about church? Is it because you, your heart's gone after other things? Or is it because you're afraid of what other people might say or think? Don't you realize it? It doesn't matter what it is. Nothing's worth losing this. Jesus gave it all for you. He's taken hold of your life and he'll never let you go. Receive this love of Jesus afresh today. And then like Paul say, but one thing, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, when we often focus on becoming a Christian and living a good life, we can see all the, all the sacrifices, we can see all the hardships, we can see so many difficult things, but we just confess that we've lost our focus. Help us to focus on you and to realize that you gave it all for us. You were all in for us. You did it all simply to take hold of me and to make me your own. And Father, when we marvel at that reality, at the miracle of Christmas that you came to us, and then the message of Easter that you died for us, because that's how much you loved us. Father, we want to receive that love afresh. Father, we pray that we wouldn't be focused on the past. We'll draw a line in the sand and move forward to receive what you have in store for us now in Jesus. Help us to know you more and more, to go more hungry for you, to thirst for you more and more. And to have you as our sole focus and purpose that we would pursue knowing you with everything in our life. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.